Hi, I'm Christina Davis, and welcome to the Crazy Nomad Podcast, where we talk about the real side of working and living as a digital nomad. On this podcast, you will hear real insights and stories from actual digital nomads sharing what life is really like abroad, how they got here, what they do, and also all the funny, absolutely crazy, difficult, and ridiculous stories of those living outside of the normal nine to five. So get ready to be inspired, laugh with us, and learn from all of these crazy nomads. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Crazy Nomad Podcast. I am super excited to be here today. We have a whole different type of um, guest on today. Usually we have a lot of online business owners, but I wanted to bring on a totally different aspect. So Emery is works on super yachts. So this is completely different. You know, a lot of people want to work outside of the normal nine to five, not sure how to do it and want to travel a lot. And this could be a great option for you. So I'm super excited to hear her story. However, tell us what life is really like and kind of get into it. So Emery, thank you for coming on. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Yes. Can't wait. So give everyone a little bit of backstory, you know, where you're from, how you got into this industry, why you chose yachting and yeah, let us know. Yeah, so I'm originally from Seattle, Washington, just shy outside of it. And I was going to Oregon State um, for college. And, you know, I was really into social media and um, I was playing soccer there. So I was running like the social media page and I was working in an office um, like almost every day for most of my senior year. And I kind of like realized that I hated it. <laughs> it just like, yeah. I like wasn't, wasn't into like not seeing daylight. And um, back home in Seattle, uh, my mom actually just rented out a place on our property to these South Africans. And for people who don't know, uh, back in South Africa, this is a huge industry. The yachting industry is. Um, almost like 90% of the people I meet are South Africans. So they move into this little rental unit and they start telling my mom about, you know, sort of what they do, um, their positions and basically like where they've gone in the world. And at first, you know, she was a typical mom and she was saying, you know, don't tell my kids this, like they're going to do this a hundred percent, you know, like without a doubt. Yeah. And I think like a week went by <laughs> and she was so excited about it. She was like, okay, you know what? Like we have to do this. Like, I think this is a great opportunity. So Honestly, like a week after I graduated, I hopped over to the Maritime Institute in Seattle, got my uh, mandatory classes, which is an STCW. Um, that's like a week long course of like firefighting. Like you literally like head to toe, you're like in a firefighter's <laughs> uniform. You have oxygen like tank and like wow. you're literally putting out a fire. Yeah. And then like water safety, CPR, you know, just kind of the safety basics. And you get like a physical done to make sure that you can go, you know, a long time without <laughs> seeing <Yeah>. land. <laughs> and yeah, and then, yeah, you just, you start applying and I started applying and I just stumbled onto a great first boat and it kind of just jumped in from there. That's awesome. So what was your first experience like the first time you got on the boat and the first kind of, you know, job? What was that like kind of getting used to working on boats? I was so nervous. Like I'm like a nervous person in general usually, but that like pushed me over. <laughs> like I was so out of my comfort zone. Um, you know, you're 
basically going on to someone's second home and you're saying, hi, like I'm going to start serving and helping you tie up your multi-million dollar yacht. And I'm going to start cleaning your bedroom. Like it's just, it's very different. Um, and this first boat that I got on, I think it was 83 feet. So I was a deck stew. So I worked on the outside and on the interior, which is great. I mean, if anyone's getting started in this, in the industry, definitely do deck stew. Like you learn everything. Um, and they actually flew me out on one of those little floater planes from Seattle over to um, Canada. That's where the boat was at the time. So it was just me and like two other people and then the pilot that was in this tiny little floater plane I've never been on before in my entire life. And I'm just like looking around I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> like, what am I getting myself into? And yeah, I mean, I just, I, we kind of bond, like it, it was a great experience. Like these owners were absolutely incredible. They wanted me to experience everything that they kind of were as well. So they would bring me to dinner. We would go and do, you know, like fun activities together. We would go and see different sites together. And it was really fun. It was, it was a very welcoming first experience into the industry. Nice. So how long have you been in the industry now? Oh, two and a half years now, actually. Yeah. Nice. So was it like right before the pandemic yeah. when you um, started it? It was. Yeah. Yeah. So that that summer was pandemic free. And then once I got onto my second boat, I think like halfway through there, that's when it um, started hitting. And we actually had a charter. Um, we had a charter going on as it was hitting. And this guy that was on, I don't know if I can like say this, I won't say any <laughs> names, but he like yeah. worked high up. He worked like high up, you know, with like government officials. And he was getting like all the first word of like what was happening with the pandemic. And he was sitting there, they were supposed to do it. They just extended their charter another week. And all of a sudden the first day into the second week, he was like, no, we have to leave now. Like wow. everything's going to shut down. And I was like, all of the crews like, what? <laughs> we're like, well, we're like, where do we go? Like, yeah. What do we do? <laughs> so what did you guys do in the yeah, midst of the pandemic? Did you like, I'm assuming obviously charters weren't going and you know, what's interesting is it really didn't slow down. Wow. Um, when the pandemic hit that whole, the whole industry, I mean, we were on like a private slash charter yacht and yeah, I mean, we had another charter booked, I think like two weeks from then. And I vividly remember this whole family came on and you know, they were so conscious when they first got on, I went to, you know, shake their hand, not thinking it, it wasn't yeah. like, I didn't care about the pandemic. Yeah. It was just like, hey, I'm going <laughs> to greet you. And they're like, oh no, 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 no. Like touch elbows. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, you don't understand. We're going to be living on this boat together for the next like week. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, it, but it kind of was just like, it is like, this is what's going to happen right now. Like it didn't slow down. Um, so that was kind of crazy to see. Because the whole world was shutting down and we were continuing on with like normal life. It was very weird. And the only way that I would hear about it was like through my mom. Like when I would call her, she would tell me the news of like what was going on. Because we're not sitting there like watching TV either. We're constantly going. Yeah. I, that was that was a very weird time in my life. <laughs> like I feel like the whole world was exploding. It was kind of like, oh, what would you like for dinner tonight? You yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> that is really interesting. It was so very so weird. 
super curious because yeah. I think a lot of people when they think of you know being yacht certis or the whole lifestyle of on super yachts you automatically think of like below deck so how much of that lifestyle yeah. is real and how much of that is like kind of just for a tv show you know I tell a lot of people it is it is done up it's reality tv show um so a lot of the drama that happens on there wouldn't happen in that short amount of time (laughs) I will say (laughs) we have had like my two and a half years in this I've had some crazy stuff I mean happen and nothing that's like really affected me but it's entertaining as hell to sit back and watch you know what I mean like (laughs) yeah it's very entertaining um so I would say it is fabricated to a point but I mean you put nine people together and live in the same little box like there's gonna be drama and there's gonna be hookups and there's gonna be so (laughs) it does get a little crazy and like everyone is mostly my age I mean it's like from 19 years old to 27 28 that's like mostly the people that I've like met and then obviously captains chief stews chefs they kind of you know um are a bit older but (laughs) it's um but yeah that's that's what everyone always attributed like you know everyone watches that show so when I say that they always they don't say below deck they always say um under deck they they never remember this below deck I'm always referred to as under deck either one is like fine yep so I have friends who have worked on sailing boats as like hostesses but obviously it's catamaran it's a whole different so like whenever my closest thing is like that but it's nowhere near kind of a staff idea so for the boat you're on now what size boat is it is it like the biggest boat you've been on how is it currently it's good um we're I'm working on a 142 142 foot And this is the biggest yacht that I've worked on. And I think this is probably the biggest that I would go. Why is that? Um, I really enjoy like this, this size, you can still really interact with the owners. Um, And I think that's like my favorite part. Once you like start getting bigger, you know, the owners don't even know some of the people that work on the yacht. Mm -hmm. And I think that really turns me off. You know what I mean? Because then that's when you are really just you're there to do like laundry and that's it. You don't see anything else. You're just doing laundry or some of the deckhands wake up at 12 and work until 4 a.m. And that's all you do on that boat. So I think I really enjoy the smaller boats because you kind of get to do, you know, a little bit of like exterior or interior and you get to interact with the guests and the owners a little more than you would on a bigger yacht. Gotcha. That makes sense. So yeah. where are the where have you been able to travel while doing this job? I was just thinking about this actually. <laughs> um, so I guess from like timeline start to finish, I've been Canada, obviously the states, um, up the east coast, a little bit into Maine, um, Costa Rica, the Bahamas, the British Virgin Islands, the U.S. Virgin Islands, and now we're going to be travel. Oh, Mexico. And now we're going to be traveling. Um, we're currently in, in Antigua and we're then going to start preparing to cross over to, um, Palma de Mallorca over in Spain. 
And then we're going to start our whole summer and start doing sort of the milk run of the Mediterranean, which will be my first time doing it by yacht. So I'm very yeah. excited. That'll be awesome. Yeah. So how long is yeah. the crossing? Um, what I've been told is it's just shy of a month. So for a month, we're not going to be seeing basically any land, which is like a little <laughs> scary sometimes, but you know, you trust the boat, you trust the captain and like, yeah. you just don't think about it like that. You so know? <laughs> how many people are on the boat for the crossing with you? Um, we run with a crew of nine, but the chef never crosses. She's done enough crossings in her life and she's just sure. over it, you know? Yep. So she, she takes her holiday. And then I think, um, I think she's the only one that's actually taking that off. So then we'll be, just be running with a crew of eight. And, you know, it's up to the captain to decide like whether they're going to hire, you know, a freelance to come on just for like the watches and stuff to even it out for like everyone. Gotcha. So do you have to take shifts on watches? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll just use an example for like this last trip crossing from um, Florida to Antigua. I was eight to four. So 8 a.m. Or sorry, four to eight, excuse me. So 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. And then 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. And then, yeah, everyone just kind of rotates through that, which I'm not a morning person. And that's probably the worst time that they could have given me. <laughs> yeah, like, probably the worst. I'll stay up. I'll do eight to 12, like, but that's just horrible. That's like cruel. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but I don't yeah. know what the watch schedule is going to be like for the crossing to the med, but I guess we'll see. Find out. So I actually saw a video and I'm curious what it's like when you cross. Um, I think it was on TikTok and it was a girl they were doing on super yacht and they were crossing and they had to dump out all the alcohol in the boat. Is that true for you guys as well? Are you allowed to like have a couple drinks? Like how does that work when you cross? Oh my God. I didn't see that. No. Um, God, no. <laughs> uh you're definitely not allowed to drink like that I'm kind of concerned that the crew can't like control themselves for that boat <laughs> like we we just don't drink um yeah there's so for a whole month I mean no one's gonna be having like a sip of alcohol um which on this boat it's not an issue on some boats I you know I probably would be like that's kind of the like this industry definitely has like some alcohol abuse you know what I mean like there's some people yeah. that like to party <laughs> yeah, so that imagine. that was also like very like, eye-opening to see when you first get into it even like coming from college like I was fresh wow. out of college and I was like Jesus Christ <laughs> <laughs> do you think it's because people work because you do charters and you're on four how long are your charters on average the longest charter that I've done think like thankfully was just I think two weeks Okay. Um, so it is like, I understand and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I haven't completely, you know, overdrank after a charter, yeah. because believe <laughs> me, I have. but it is because you're working for like two weeks and I've heard some people, like some owners will live on there for like three months. So it is like you, after you're done, you go and like blow off steam. So like, I yeah. definitely like understand. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's like reining that in and like dialing it in, you know, <laughs> that of is course. like a, 
like a trick yeah yeah no, of course I'm sure I mean granted like I said before the first thing I always think of was like below deck and it's like whenever they got off charter there was always people who were like having a couple of drinks and then there was always people who were like really going for it and like getting super, yeah, super drunk yeah. um so I'm sure the partying is quite hard yeah there was um so just like a story about that and this is just to give like people insight like I don't want to like lie about this industry yeah of course um there was, so this was my very first charter boat that I got on and I was a sole stew and it was, so it was me, the mate and the captain that's, and the chef, that's what we ran with. But because I was so new, the captain decided to hire a chief stew to come in and like, kind of show me the ropes and like, show me what to do. Yep. And I remember like, even the first day we were going provisioning and she was you know, we were running around and she was like, oh, do you want to get like a roadie? And to be completely honest, I had no idea what that was. I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I mean, I was like, I mean, like, yeah, but like, what's that? So we stop and like, we have a drink at this like bar and I was like, okay, like this girl's cool. I was like, all right, like grab a drink, like cool chief stew. Well, the charter was a week long. And finally the captain came up to me and kind of mentioned it that, you know, she was acting like she was drunk and I was like no like she's just like that she's bubbly she's like energetic she just you know <laughs> she's super fun yeah and then there was a night there was a night where I was serving the guests and she was up in the pilot house and like all I heard as I'm like putting this plate down in front of this like charter guest is her screaming at him that he she's gonna call the coast guard if he touches her so, something like that yeah. And I was like, okay, this seems a little dramatic. I find out after she got thrown off, like the day before that she was like almost blackout drunk the entire time that she was wow. on the boat with us with guests. And not only that, after she got off and I was cleaning up, I was literally finding just cups of whiskey stashed all over the boat, like <laughs> half drunk, like cups of whiskey. Oh, wow. I was like, Okay, like, like if anything, like, why whiskey? Like, that just seems, right. like, really aggressive. <laughs> Definitely. Like, a, maybe a glass of wine can yeah. be here or there, like, a beer. But yeah. Not, like, hard yeah, like it's, That is. Yeah. I was like, this, that's, like, that's hardcore. I don't know. So, yeah. I, can, I mean, I'm sure that's to more of the extreme side of things. Um, do you, like... It is. That's the most extreme. So, when you're on, like, a group of, like, nine... What is it like when you guys are off charters? Everyone like, does everyone become really close? Do you have a kind of a family? Do you guys go out together? Like, what is that life like when you're off charter? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, the crew that I've like been on with has been so much fun. You do kind of become like a family um, and you, you know, kind of like bicker back and forth, like a family, like you get your brothers, you get your sisters, you get the mom, like of the group. So it's really fun and it's, it's, you're just complete strangers and all of a sudden you're all just living together and you kind of like have to make it work. And sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. So yeah, this crew, we love to like, the deckhand loves to go kiteboarding. Um, we all like to go free diving. So we'll go and, you know, find a spot and go free diving or we like to go out and eat, have drinks. We love to go dancing. So we, wherever we are, we kind of just like pick a thing to go do that first night. And yeah, we kind of just enjoy each other's company. To be honest, when you are with each other for that long, um, 
you know, you do like one night together and then you kind of just break off into like little groups and like, you know, you and the bosun, you guys will like go off and do your own thing or someone will just go off by themselves to the beach. So then you can, it's nice. You just kind of disperse for a weekend or it's, we are definitely like family though. It's very fun. That's good. So I guess it's like the balance though, because you don't get to choose who you work with. So technically you can come on a boat and not get along with people as well. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I, I've had that. I've jumped on a boat and I was not vibing with the chief stew um, or the captain. And those were kind of the main people or actually the chef either. It was just just not my kind of boat. (laughs) And so I was on there for, I think maybe like a month or two. And I had, I was like, I fly me home. I was like, I got to (laughs) go done with it. Yeah, I could see that being like I was done with it. Yeah, I could see that being one parts of it because obviously, like you, you want to fit and you want to be, you know, close with people who you're living with essentially every day. And I'm sure the living quarters have to be quite small for the boats, correct? Yeah, you know, it kind of just like depends on the build. So Italian builds are notorious for having very small um, crew accommodations. And then like fed ships, they they have beautiful accommodations. So yeah, it kind of depends on the one. The one that I'm on now is pretty small, actually, like very small <laughs> for like nine people, you know? Yeah. Um, but you, yeah, you have to make it work. Like we have this little like crew mess dance, you know, for everyone to be able to like fit in around the table to eat or like everyone gets up to get coffee and like you're like hopping around each other. So it's like, it's fun though. It's just, you just make it work and like everyone understands. So it just, it's just funny to like <laughs> that at <Yeah>. that point. <laughs> so what would you say is like the best thing about being in the yachting industry and either the worst or hardest thing about being in the industry? So I'm going to say both is travel. So the best part is all the travel that you get to do. Um, I mean, you're not paying for anything you're saving up. Um, and by everything, I mean, you're not paying for food, toiletries, um, like anything rent, all of that, you know, you're basically on here and they're taking care of you, which is nice. And then you get to go and see these amazing places and do these experiences that you've never been able to do before. But then on the other side, you know, I work with some international people that haven't been home in like two years. Um, So that's also, you know, kind of a disheartening thing is because you don't get to see like your friends or your family, you know, as much as you would want to. And I say that lightly, but, you know, permanent positions, you get a certain amount of days a year that you can take leave. So that's a little more difficult than if you were to freelance. So I was freelancing before this and I would do a job for like four months and then I would take three months off and go home and see my mom and then do another job for like three months and then go home. And so I honestly, I really like freelance, (laughs) very (laughs) poor freelance. Um, Yeah. You just get to choose your schedule a little more, but yeah, I'd probably say traveling for both. And then yeah, I could definitely see how it's amazing because you get all the experiences, but at the same time, you're not technically in charge of your own schedule. So it's like that balance between the two. Yeah. Right. 
So what would you say for someone who like really wants to get into the industry? Like, is it difficult to break into? Cause I've heard a lot of things people being like, it is really hard to get on a boat or you need to kind of just like immerse yourself in it, go, you know, dock to dock and go talk to people. Like what is the best way to get involved? Is it difficult? You know, what kind of insights do you have for them? So when I was first getting started, because I have, you know, heard a lot of people or a lot of people have told me that some of the jobs are saying that you have to have experience and they're asking, well, how do I get experience if I'm new? You know, I'm green. Like I haven't been on this before. So my best advice when I was first getting started, I actually got hooked up with an agent and there's a few different websites um, that give you a personal agent and they kind of go out and they know how to navigate these websites to find it's called like green. Okay. So, you know, these boats are saying that, yeah, if you're new, like you can come on here and we can teach you basically. Um, there is like what you said, dock to dock. So that's called dock walking. And personally, I've never done it, but all of the like OG yachties say that it's, it's a must, it's a must to do. It's like a initiation into the industry. Um, and I've heard, you know, success stories with that as well, but I also would say, you know, there's a, a website called Daywork123. And that was like my main go-to when I was getting started. And to get experience, I just went and day worked. So these yachts would hire me for a week and I would come in with the stews, or if you want to be deck, you'd go in with the deck and they kind of just tell you what they need to be done in this amount of week. And, you know, they're kind of helping you along, telling you, oh, you know, do this, do this. So you kind of get like a little bit of experience. You get to work on a yacht. You get to be around the environment. Um, and I think that helped me as well because, I mean, it was a almost 300 foot yacht that I was working on and detailing and stuff. And I got to learn from these, this chief stew. That was great. So, and then you just kind of beef it up onto your CV. <laughs> like if you're saying you're detailing, like you're, you're, you're detailing. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, that would probably be the best way to get into it. And then where are the hubs? Because I know there's like certain areas around the world where yachting is like massive. So where are kind of the main hubs where a lot of the jobs are? Um, if you're in the States, Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale is the place to go. Um, and then if you're over, you know, on the Europe side, it's Antibes, um, Palma, I think... Barcelona, I think, is a pretty big spot. And same with Monaco. Um, I think I think those are like kind of the main. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm missing one. I swear there's. But yeah, I think those are like the big like main guys. Um, yeah. Fort Lauderdale is I mean, it's the, you know, largest yachting capital in the world. So it that would be if you're from the States, you you have to go there. I mean, it's, I started off in Seattle, but that was, you know, like a smaller boat. And I think that helped me to break into the industry. But if you really want to get on these cool, you know, big super yachts, definitely, definitely Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> and it's like, everyone's there, all the yachties are there. So it's fun. <laughs> yeah. I, Cause I've definitely heard before, like, it's best to kind of go to those like hubs to kind of break in, meet people. If you don't have like an agent. Um, like you were saying before, but it sounds like things are getting a bit, I don't want to say easier, but a bit, you know, less on just you 
now to break in if you have these agents. Yeah, yeah, it is. And the agents are like, very, you know, they're very hopeful because um, they, they really know the industry well. They, they probably are coming out of, you know, being a stew or being a deckhand as well or any sort of exterior and any sort of interior. And so they kind of know what good jobs are going to, you know, be a good fit for you what you're looking for, what you're expecting. Um, so yeah, it's, it's great if you can get an agent, if not go and get some day work in there. <laughs> yeah. So what is like a day-to-day life on charter look like for you? Like how early are you starting? You know, how late are you working? Do you have like a schedule? How does it kind of work um, day-to-day? Yeah. So I'm second stewardess and Basically, the chiefs do kind of sets, you know, when your break is. Um, And so on this boat, my chiefs do, she's early girl. So she wakes up, you know, before the guests get up and she's doing her thing. But I'm late girl. So whatever time that I went to bed the night before, um, I'm getting eight hours and then I'm waking up and usually I'm waking up just after breakfast or when lunch is about, you know, we need to start setting up for lunch. So if I'm waking up at, let's say 1030, be up by 11, then I go outside. I kind of help her clean up with breakfast. And then I start setting up for lunch. So I'm doing the table decor, um, getting all the glasses, plate cutlery ready. And the, Chief stew comes and helps, but I'm usually the one like running lunch just because it's, you know, it's pretty light and easy and it's not too much to handle. Um, And then after that's done, chief stew goes down for her break. And then it's me and the third stew that are up and we're kind of just hopping around. I told someone else, like, you want to check in with the guests. So we'll like know where they are, but you don't want to like be bugging them. So if they could, if they call you, like you're in an arm's reach, but you're not sitting there, like, do you need anything? Like, yeah. can I get you anything? <laughs> like not like hovering. Um, so yeah, so we're kind of just going around, like we'll go and we'll tidy up like the main salon or we'll go down into the beach club, restock some drinks. It's pretty light. Um, if they go off for lunch, then me and the third stew, we like to like jump off the boat and go for like a swim. We've done that a couple of times. Um, we've, the toys will be out and we'll go rip around like <laughs> yeah. on like a jet ski or something. Um, and then I go down on my break around four, uh, two hour break. And after that, I'm coming up for cocktail hour. So I'm usually doing cocktails. Chief Stew goes and does the canapes. Um, The dinner table is set up. And then that's when Chief Stew and I start doing service. And then, yeah, uh, if they want cocktails after dinner, I'm the one that's staying up Um, or a cigar or they want to play games. I've had to, you know, do karaoke for them, like set everything up. And then, yeah, whatever time they go down, I have to clean up. So sometimes all four levels, beach club, the um, main deck aft, upper deck aft, and the sky lounge um, are all set up. So sometimes it takes me like two plus hours to get everything put away. So I've gone to bed at like 3 a.m. before, (laughs) which is 
some late nights. Good. Again, I'm not a morning. I'm not a morning person. Like I'd much rather like work. Late. Yeah. No, I totally get that. I'm kind of the same way. Um, so have you had any like crazy yeah. experiences with guests or crazy, just, you know, stories on the boat that like you can share that you're kind of like, is this my life? Or like, this is just a wild experience. Oh, <laughs> um, like, are we like keeping things like PG here? <laughs> go, no, you can go for it. Fully go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, I've been, in, you know, put into some pretty interesting situations. Um, <laughs> as far as, you know, crazy stories go, there was one day, um, this was the boat that I got off after like a month and a half, two months. <laughs> this is that boat. Gotcha. Um, and it was when we were crossing from Fort Lauderdale over into La Paz. And we finally made it into La Paz. And so it was a month that I was on this boat and I was kind of already noticing that there was like substance abuse going on. And when we finally got in, um, we decided to go and do like a beach day, the chef, the captain and I, and chiefs do stayed back and whatever. So we bring all the toys, we bring our wake surfboard. We have the little tender, we have our fins, we have our snorkels and Captain decided to bring, you know, his bottle of Don Julio 1942, excuse me, like two bottles of like yeah. 1942. Nice. And I was like, damn, okay. Like we're like, we're popping off. To- I don't know. I was yeah. like, okay, I can- yeah, that's nice. And so we're laying on the beach. We're having a good time listening to music. And, you know, it got to the point where we finally decided, okay, let's go wake surfing. And I greatly underestimated how drunk the captain was. And, you know, we got into the tender and I was the one driving the tender and we were trying to pop them up, you know, like you're in the water and it's kind of like a wakeboard. You, you just kind of roll up and you start yeah. going. And he was like really good at wake surfing. And this man could not get up for the life of him. And it still didn't cross my mind. I was like, wow, he's having like a really off day. I'm so naive. <laughs> but now that I'm like seeing these stories, I'm like, my God. <laughs> um, and finally, you know, his like speech started to slur and I was like, oh my God, he's like hammered. I was like, okay, like, let's, let's get him into the boat. You know, let's just, I was like, chefy, you can drive. He pushes the chef out of the way. I'm behind. I'm about to go. Pushes the chef. And he's like, no, this is my boat. I'm the captain. I'm going to drive. And we're like, oh, good God. So I start going and where we were in this like little hole, um, it was very shallow in some spots spots there was big reefs and I remember thinking in my head I was like I swear to god if this guy goes and drives over like these reefs and as soon as that happens I hear this huge pop and I look up the tender is like shot into the air like the engine is like shot into the air I'm flying off the board oh my god and I'm like in the water I I cut my knee open I'm I like look up and I'm just like oh my god I was like we just hit a reef and so I'm getting back into the boat. I'm pissed. Like I'm livid. I was like, this is so unprofessional. I was like, I cannot believe this. So I'm like, we need to go. I was like, it's time to go. Like, you know, and me and the chef are like, yeah, let's, let's dip out. So we're driving home and I'm like, physically, we put the sea bob, we put all of the toys on top of the captain. Cause he kept trying to like jump out. 
<laughs> we were like, no, she's like, sit down, like for yeah. your own safety, you just sit down. <laughs> and so we're driving and the chef is driving. And at this point, I'm also not realizing that he was also like drunk. I just like, oh, wow. I, I, <laughs> so there's these big, there's these big, like eight foot by eight foot channel markers mm-hmm. that are metal and they're massive. Okay. So you can't miss them. This man is like almost flat out, just hauling ass. Right. Cause we're trying to get home. We're like, we got to get this captain off. And I'm watching this channel marker get closer and closer. And I'm like kind of looking around and I'm like, it's odd. He's going to cut this little close. Don't you think? <laughs> Finally, we're like, we're like 10 feet away from it. And I turn around. I'm like, what? Like I just scream at him and we smack into this thing. Oh my God. The toys go off. Like we're like ejected, like onto the side. Oh my, like I cannot, like in that moment in time, I, I think I just saw red. Like I took over. I put both of them in the front. I sat him down. I was like, you guys just like, shut the fuck up and sit down. I'm like, I was done. And I just puttered home at like five miles an hour. I was like, no, I was like two times in one day is far too much for me. Yeah. The, was, how was the boat? Oh, it was so beat up. It was, it was so beat up. They, I don't eat, I didn't stay long enough for them to actually start doing repairs. The, the propeller was bent. The whole side was like side swiped from that, like just a huge mark. This, the wake surfboard had a huge gash in the middle from me hitting the reef. Like that was like completely done. Oh, oh it God. was horrible. Like so much stuff happened on that boat that I don't like, we don't even have time for, <laughs> but like, I did like keep going. <laughs> wow. That is crazy. Especially yeah. cause like, obviously the captain's like your boss. So it's like for that to be like the person right. who's supposed to be ahead, like, in charge of you to happen is wild right yeah and like I you know I, I want to tell these stories not to like throw people off like coming into this like industry because it's not always like that yeah. I've never heard a story like that um I just like want like if people do get put in that situation like just take over <laughs> like just yeah. don't don't even listen like don't listen to anyone just save yourself like the heartache and just just do your own thing if you know what's right just go for it like it it does happen and you kind of have to be smarter than the captain sometimes like they don't know everything yeah especially the bad ones <laughs> like yeah, there's sure. there's some bad captains out there. <laughs> Jeez, it's wild um and in terms of like yeah. guests do you is there a big like kind of variation in a really amazing guest and then ones who come on and can be a bit of like assholes per se do you, do you find that there's a variation or to get or do you think that or see that most people come on are kind of like respectful or just fun to kind of have on board yeah um there are guests you know I've been I've been pretty fortunate um I've had really amazing guests um and ones that like I've gone out on the tender because they wanted me to come out and come snorkeling with them in the Bahamas. So there, there is like a very <laughs> big, pers- you know, um, not perspective spectrum. Yeah. And I haven't really seen the worst of it. I've heard horror stories. I've like, I've heard horrible horror stories. Um, and of course you get like, not even on charter, like sometimes you get owner guests 
that come on and they're making passes at you and you're kind of just like you know what do I do in this situation nothing like life-threatening they're just kind of like oh you know like I've had a few much to drink are you going to drive me home tonight I'm like no actually I'm not (laughs) like you gotta still have to be like yeah like politely no respectfully no (laughs) um so yeah I mean it is because you're working with people who I mean they have a lot going for them um and I think that gets to their head a lot and again I it's just not worth it like if you are put into a situation there's been boats that I know that have banned um guests from ever coming back um onto that boat and onto other future charter boats because they were so horrible so there are things you know that boats can do but again thankfully I haven't had any bad ones I've really just had like some some very you know amazing ones that's awesome um and then so yeah all of your kind of yachting and working on the boats and stuff you've been posting a lot on TikTok and you've kind of grown this audience to show what your life is like so walk us through how that's been how it kind of started and where it's kind of taken you doing all that yeah this is this has been a wild ride and I'm so excited for it um I started this actually when I was on my first boat and, you know, I started doing the normal like dances, lip syncing. I didn't even think about doing, you know, yachting stuff um, until I was, I think I was doing like a TikTok dance, but I was in my uniform. You know, I had like my little squirt on and my little polo and I was on like the interior of a yacht and it sparked like people were like you know oh my god is this below deck like do you know below deck people like is your work is your job like below deck I was like okay I was like yeah like let's teach you guys about it so I kind of just fell into it I think there was like one or two other people on TikTok that were doing like yachting stuff so it was a very very small niche Mm -hmm. and I kind of had it like I just started showing you know how to get into it the fun stuff that I've been able to do, the basics, like what I do in a day. And, you know, people were really into it, I think, because it opened their eyes as to there's like some pretty cool, like nomad, nomadic jobs out there where you can travel and work and save and, you know, do other things besides go straight into a corporate or go straight into, you know what I mean? Um, So, yeah. And I mean, over the I think I've had it for, yeah, probably two years, like seriously now. I've grown to 337,000 followers. And that has opened up doors that I haven't even thought of. I started getting invites to, you know, the Fort Lauderdale Boat Show as to be a social media, um, you know, like presence and yeah. show off the boats and show off the show. I've been you know, been asked to do articles and interviews and, you know, again, all stuff that I really enjoy. Like, I love teaching people about it because, you know, it it just breaks people out of like a cycle that they didn't know that could be broken. Um, And it's very fun for me. It was never to, you know, become like big. It was just to kind of help people. And it's been so much fun. Like, I love it. And I would love to go, you know, further with that. Um, 
once I do get out of the yachting, you know, as a stewardess, I would like to stick in the yachting industry and continue to help people and kind of just, yeah, run, run like a social media page and teach people about it. Yeah, I think it's so awesome. And I think it definitely goes to show what I talk to my audience about all the time is like, you never know what doors can open when you just put yourself out in these like, you know, not normal jobs or lifestyle or whatnot. Like obviously when you went into yachting, you had no idea that this TikTok and social media and what can open up for you and the different path or, you know, the way you can all take it now. And it just goes to show like, if you put yourself out there and you just, you know, take the first step because I think so many people hold themselves back from kind of doing these things because they're like, all right, well, I can get into yachting, but I don't know if I want to be a stewardess until I'm 45. Like, and they don't, and they don't, they think so far ahead that they actually don't do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I yeah, I totally agree with that. Cause a lot of people have asked, you know, like, is this your life career? And I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm not, no, I'm not going to be, you know, serving people until I'm 50. Like, that's just not what I envisioned for myself, but right out of college, or like, if you decide not to go to college and there's a great way to go and travel and see the world and save up like your money, like go and do it. Oh my God. Like, I'm so grateful that, you know, my mom kind of pushed me to even just like, look at this industry. Cause at first I was, you know, kind of just, I was like, you know, what is it? Like, yeah. what do you do? And you're just serving people. And I was kind of like put off by it. And then as soon as I started talking to this chief stew, I was like, I was dead wrong. <laughs> I was like, yeah. this is amazing. Um, and again, I think I'm so glad you reached out. Um, because your podcast, you know, perfectly fits in with this. And, you know, if they want to learn more, um, yeah, my, I just, I have videos on it. I can, <laughs> yeah, I do like little stew tip Tuesdays. If someone is wanting to become a stew, I kind of show what I've learned, you know, along the way. So I'm so glad you have me on here. Cause I feel like it's a good, it's a good fit. Yeah, definitely. I'm super excited to have you on. And I was, I reached out and I was like, I really hope she comes on. Cause it was just, it's something so different than the normal, like just start your online business, whatever. Cause some people don't want to go directly into that. You know, they don't want to be a nine to five. They don't want to be a business right. owner. So it's like, what can you do yeah. to actually travel? And this is a great way for you to kind of dip your feet in and see where it takes you and see where it goes from there. And then obviously, like you said, with your social media and stuff, yeah, um, you share so many tips. So where can people reach you? Like if someone has questions, how can they get in contact with you? Um, Instagram DM, which honestly is flooded right now. So I also <laughs> yeah. would say I like, I really, I see a lot of TikTok comments and when I see the comments, I like, I make a video on it. So if I see enough questions about one certain thing, like that's when I go on and I say, okay, I've been getting these questions. Like, here's what you do. Yeah. Um, I really, I really try and keep up with my Instagram DMS. That's like the main place that people go. So yeah. I am constantly checking it. It just might take me a minute to get back to them. <laughs> I mean, you are also working like, you know, on your actual charter. So it's not like you're fully just on social media all the time. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it does. No. Get, yeah. It gets a little hard, but I love it. I love it. <laughs> of course. So where can people find you? What are your handles for TikTok and Instagram? If they want to come check out all your stuff. So Instagram, I'm just Emery Walrich. E-M-E-R-Y-W-A-L-L-E-R-I-C-H. And TikTok, I am that Yachty Girl. 
and it Yachty is Y-A-H-Y-A-C-H-T-I-E, that Yachty girl. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Honestly, it's like, it's been such a great fresh breath breath of fresh air, geez, um, for people to kind of hear just like a different perspective, some stories, you know, the fun behind it all, um, even the crazy times. But I think it all kind of, you know, encapsulates the whole experience. Um, but thank you so much for coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was great talking with you. I think this is a great, great podcast. Best one there's been, I think. <laughs> Thanks. So I always end um, asking people like, what's the best piece of advice you've gotten from someone that's kind of helped you, you know, propel your life into this uncharted territory for people outside the nine to five? I would probably say this is one that I've lived by. Um, I think since I've gotten out of college and started this whole new adventure is never stop learning. Um, because I mean, in anything in life, like if, if you're not learning something new every day, it's just, it helps you grow and it kind of keeps your mind focused on it's okay that you don't know everything. You know, it's okay that you're not sure where you're going in life. You're just, you're learning, like you're vibing. You're just, you're, you're learning about like the life that you want. So I, I live by that strictly. Like when I'm getting nervous or anything, or I'm going on to a new job, like it's okay. You don't know everything. Be a sponge. Just start learning. Absolutely. Absolutely love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Everyone who wants to go follow CMRE's content, the tags will all be in the uh, the show notes below. So you can go follow her and check her out. Um, send her a DM, you know, just go look to see what the lifestyle is like. Um, it definitely won't hurt. And it might inspire you to go after something completely different. So thanks so much for coming on. And yeah, all my crazy nomads keep listening. There'll be more episodes coming and can't wait for it. If you are a current or aspiring digital nomad looking to connect or even learn more about this lifestyle and how to build your own dream, follow me on Instagram and send me a DM with crazy nomad. So I know you come from this beautiful community on the podcast or click link below and book a free strategy session with me to discover how we can turn your passion project or skills into an online business.